Our youth went to Magic Springs yesterday, and you can see some of the sun, like on Kyle Kelly's forehead over there. Uh, that uh, it's my righteousness. your righteous, your halo is burning your head. Yes, uh, but it was exciting to uh, see uh, some of the pictures. And I and Robert, I'm going to have to check out your viral video. Although I'm a little worried about why it went viral. Uh, but apparently there's some, uh, some good footage of Robert at Magic Springs and uh, our youth who went just to have a great time, but also as a, a big thank you to them for all the work that they did this past summer for an entire week uh, at Lake Providence and, and helping with the mission trip and, and making all of that possible. Uh, I do look forward to hearing a few more of the stories because I know there's some good ones. Uh, as they were getting ready to go on the trip, David uh, Gordy came in, and uh, David's very organized. You have no idea what I'm going to say, David. Um, But he had a couple of uh, folders that he was working on. He was making copies and doing a bunch of stuff, and I asked him uh, what he was preparing, and he said he was making a notebook um, so that the kids could look through it and see all the different things there are at Magic Springs, all the different rides, you know, the roller coasters, all of that, as well as the uh, water. There's a water park there as well, the different things that they could do. And that way they wouldn't have to uh, waste any time trying to figure out which group was going to go where at what particular time. And as I was looking through those, I started to get excited and, and thinking, man, that's, that'd be a lot of fun to go to Magic Springs. You can see all of the, uh, the beautiful pictures, and he did them in color that you could see of the, the different rides. And one of them was uh, of a roller coaster that uh, looked like a lot of fun. But as I looked at that picture, I, I thought of the time that uh, I thought as I looked at Six Flags and some things. Uh, oh, this is one of them at Magic Springs. How many of you all rode that one? Robert, Robert. Robert did. <laughs> Maybe that's the viral video. The uh, original picture didn't look that daunting. I mean, it, it just looked like a fun ride, you know, like the little mini mine train type of thing. Uh, but as you get up to it, this is what it looks like. And as you get at the bottom of it, I'm sure it's even more scary. And I was thinking, I'll bet some of those kids, as they get there in line and they start looking at it and looking at it and hearing the screams and all of that, that uh, probably some of them think, wow, I really underestimated the size of this roller coaster. Uh, that has happened with me as well uh, with the Texas Giant. Seeing that huge monstrosity and backing away from it thinking, I'm not sure I could do this. We underestimate things in life, don't we? There's so many things that we think look a certain way, but when we get closer to them, we see that they are much bigger than we think, right? You ever had that happen? As we hear from our text today in Matthew's 15th chapter, we see that there are some people who are underestimating how big God is. And one of the alarming things that we find here is that Jesus is one of those people. Jesus has this encounter where He finds that God is so much bigger than He thought. And as we hear this passage in the Scripture, we find that God is so much bigger than we think as well. God's plans for our world are bigger. God's love for our world is so much bigger than we think. 
But also, God's power is bigger than we think, right? Don't we discover that as we get closer to it? Well, that's what was taking place here in this text. Jesus is, uh, and we see in this particular painting, by the way, there's some great paintings of this story about Jesus and the Canaanite woman. And as we hear Matthew describe for us that uh, Jesus is really not paying attention to what this lady is saying. And he says some things that we really don't like. And, and we've come up with all kinds of justifications for what Jesus was saying in this passage. We, we'll try to explain it away in a lot of different ways that get Jesus off the hook, right? He, as he uh, hears this, uh, or the disciples saying, Look, Jesus, you're going to have to say something to this lady because she keeps crying out. She wants you to heal her daughter. And in some of the paintings, you'll see that Jesus has His back turned to her. He is not listening. He is not wanting to pay attention to her. Uh, She is not in His religious circle. She is not one of His faith. And she's not one of His own gender. So He's certainly not going to pay attention to her because uh, she is a woman, but even more so because she is a Canaanite. And she lives outside of their area, outside of their boundary. And as he says to her, look, uh, you know, this is not about uh, the uh, children of Israel. You know, that's what I'm about. I came to take care of my own people. So you see a lot of what's going on there. In that one, you can see his, his back that is turned there. And in the midst of all of this, uh, Jesus discovers that God's plan goes way beyond what he originally thought. Jesus, as you look here in this passage, if you have your Bible, look at it, or uh, if you see it here in the, in the bulletin, if you didn't bring your Bible, uh, it, it says that just then a Canaanite woman from that region, from the region of Tyre and Sidon, that Jesus is out beyond his own territory, out, out of his boundaries. This woman comes up, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus is thinking, My job is only to take care of the house of Israel. I didn't come into this world to take care of the people outside of that. Or it's not time to do that yet. Whatever the case, we know that Jesus is saying, no, this really doesn't fit in with what I'm called to do. His view of God's plan was much smaller than God's plan was and continued to be. And he understood, he came to find out that God's plan was bigger. That God wanted to include the Gentiles. And as we heard from Isaiah, that uh, God's plan is for all races and for all peoples. It's not just for one particular group. And this is where Israel continued to get in trouble with God. Because they thought it was all for them. Not remembering that God said, I will bless you, Abraham. I will bless the nations through you. It's all about them, not just about you. And so Jesus understood God's plan to be so much bigger. Maybe you've heard the illustration about life being uh, like a tapestry. 
Sometimes we look at our lives and it's like the back of a tapestry and we can see nothing but frayed knots or just a lot of confusion and a lot of different colors mixed together and it just looks like knots on the back of a a tapestry. But if you flip it over, you can see the pattern that is there. You see the larger plan and it all really makes sense. And our lives are like that. We look at our lives and we see the knots and we see the, uh, the, old, the different threads going different directions and it doesn't look pretty at all. But when we turn it over and we see from God's perspective, we see the larger plan that uh, one little thing in our life is just a small part of the larger overall plan that God has. But we get so limited And thinking, it's just this. This is what God wants for my life and nothing more. These days, with football starting up, uh, you can see that there are lots of new plays and lots of old plays that are being redone. And uh, you see that players have to learn not just their particular uh, part to play on the field. They need to know all of what's taking place. They need to pay attention and practice and they need to read the playbook so that they can take in all of what is going to take place so that they can play the game in the way it is to be played. Sometimes we get so locked into our one little part that we miss the whole plan. Eugene Peterson uh, has a great thing to say about plans. He says, There is an enormous gap between what we think we can do and what God calls us to do. Our ideas of what we can do or want to do, are trivial. God's ideas for us are grand. And this is what Jesus discovered. It is so much bigger than what He thought. God's plans for us and for our world are so much bigger than what we think. So much bigger and farther beyond our finite way of thinking. And you may think that that you know a lot. You may think that you have read Scripture all of your life and you have it pretty well figured out. But guess what? It goes way beyond what you've ever been able to learn or comprehend. God's ways are higher than our ways. And if we ever get to the point of thinking that we have a corner or that we have it all wrapped up and think that it's nice and neat and we can put it into this nice theological system, God just loves to blow those things up and scatter the pieces so that we can take a step back and see that God's plan is much grander and greater than we could ever think. Right? And and God's um, plan goes way beyond our comfort level. Jesus was turning His back uh, there because it was getting outside of His comfort level. And for him being a Jew, getting into the mix of Canaanites and you know the, the Gentiles of the world, uh, this was something that was not only going to be seen as being impure or unrighteous, it was going against the customs of his family and the customs of his religion, his way of doing things. And so it was uncomfortable for him. And when we get outside of our comfort level, uh, it, it gets to be a stretch for us, doesn't it? It's something we don't like to do. Maybe coming to this church was getting you outside of your comfort level. 
If you're one of those who started this church, if you're one of those charter members, by the way, we're still taking charter members, if you'd like to be one. We have a special plaque for you. But coming to this place to serve, getting outside of our our normal routines and maybe even outside of your neighborhood or doing things that you've never done before. It gets scary, doesn't it? For those of you, uh, Tricia and Derek, starting college this past week, that's a whole new world. You're starting all over. You're no longer the top dog on campus. You are at the bottom. Maybe if you're starting a new job or you're uh, starting something new at your job, it's scary. Maybe it's uh, getting out and visiting with someone about your church or talking about your relationship with God and what God means to you or what God has done for you. It gets scary, doesn't it? It gets you outside of your comfort level. Maybe it's in talking with someone who is very different than you are and you're not sure how you're going to relate. It can be scary. But we also find that God's plans are so much farther beyond our plans and our ways. We have our own way of doing things. And we think that we know how God wants things to be done, right? And we find out that God can teach us through other people about the best way to do things. And that's part of being a church. We, we release each other. We equip each other to go out and do things that God wants to be done in this world. And it means that sometimes we no longer do them. And there may be people who come along in your Sunday school class or your, your missional ministry team or whatever the case may be who are going to do things very different than you are. And that's okay. It gets you outside of doing things the way that you do them and you're used to doing them. So that is one thing that we learn from this particular passage of Scripture in Matthew. But also we learn that God's love is bigger than we think. Jesus tapped into a level of God's love that I think was brand new for Him. And we're talking about God relating and wanting to relate to a world outside of uh, the, the ways that the Jews, especially Jewish men and Jewish teachers and others, had ever been able to understand. And so this was an important lesson for him to learn about love. God's love was for this Canaanite woman. That God loved people beyond this chosen race of Israel. God loved Gentiles. And so Jesus would come to understand this as well. He would see a foreigner in a brand new way. I'm sure there were Canaanite jokes. I mean, there had to be some pretty good Canaanite jokes. that As people would get together and, and, and they would start to talk about each other and they would talk about other people, that they would talk despairingly about the Canaanites. And yet Jesus would no longer be able to entertain any notions uh, about Canaanites. And you hear the words that, that He uses here. Again, they make us very uncomfortable. Uh, if you look back at the Scripture here, He says, uh, She came and knelt before Him saying, Lord, help me. And He says, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. In essence, He's, he's saying, You're like a dog. 
And your people are like dogs. Why should we take what God has given to us and give it to people like you? Now this will really mess with your idea of Jesus, won't it? Jesus here is learning. Jesus is growing. Jesus is expanding in His understanding of God and God's love. And it presents Him with a challenge. And she says, and you've got to give her a lot of credit here, right? She just keeps on going. She has great faith. She says, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She, takes, she does not take no for an answer. Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. So there's this learning experience. Jesus is growing in His understanding of God's love for everyone. Everyone in the world. I love this hymn. I, I don't know that, that we have done it um, here in our church, but if you'll open your hymn book and look to 437. Don't worry, Bill. I'm not even going to try to lead out on a, a song here. That would be a disaster. But I want you to read these words with me. It comes. Uh, it is called How Wide the Love of Christ. Uh, the words are by Herman Stemfel. Uh, from 1996, so it's a relatively recent uh, hymn. How wide the love of Christ, it knows not class or race, but holds our one humanity within its broad embrace. How long the love of Christ, its patience will not cease until this broken world is bound in everlasting peace. How high the love of Christ, beyond all thought it soars, and yet upon our passing lives, unmeasured mercy pours. How deep the love of Christ, descending to a cross, He bears within His wounded hands all human pain and loss. All praise to You, O Christ, for love whose depth and height, whose length and breadth fill time and space with endless life and light. How wide the love of Christ. We must know that God's love is bigger than we think. It is bigger than our prejudices today, isn't it? It is so much bigger than our stereotypes, and we stereotype each other. You will drive down the street today, and no doubt you'll stereotype someone based on the kind of car they drive, or how they're walking, or what they're doing, or what kind of clothing they have on or don't have on. Uh, You might have stereotyped Randy today because of his... uh, Spongebob, uh, and he does, I, I think you watch Spongebob, that's my stereotype of you. But we stereotype each other all the time, but God's love is greater than our biggest stereotypes. God's love is bigger than our religion. Do we see Jesus getting caught up and, and feeling the limits of His own religion? The the customs of His day and all of that. Aren't you glad that Jesus broke through all of that and broke down the barriers that kept other people from getting into the grace of God? He not only did it with His words and with His actions, He did it upon the cross. As the hymn says, He descended and came and died on a cross. How great and how wide is God's love. It is greater than 
than our beliefs. We need to adjust our religion and our beliefs to allow God's love to expand. How great is God's love? It is greater than our hatred. We've seen a lot of hatred just in this past week. Think about it. What continues to be in the news, there are several top stories. One of them is the terrible uh, shooting that took place in Missouri. As an unarmed black man holding his hands up to surrender, as shot and killed as a witness says, like an animal. What kind of stereotypes were at play there? What kind of hatred goes on there? And then you see the violence that takes place and hatred on both sides as things are getting way out of control. Think about what is taking place in Israel and in the Middle East today. And thankfully there's been a small, tiny little ceasefire that has gone on. But think about the hatred, the lack of love that is there. Think about what is taking place in Iraq as Christians are uh, killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ and as Muslims are killed for being Muslims. Hatred that takes place. God's love is greater than all of that. And we need to get ourselves into those moments like Jesus when we understand and we see things in a completely different way. When we see them in God's way, not in the world's way. Wouldn't our world be different? A third thing that we see here in this 15th chapter of Matthew is that God's power is greater than we think. It is so much bigger than we think. As we look here at the, at the Scripture, we see that, um, and in this particular uh, painting, uh, Jesus is turning to the woman. You can see that it's the complete opposite of how He was. He had His back to her, and He was not going to stop and deal with that situation because it didn't fit in with His paradigm. And so He turns around, and He begins to uh, minister to this woman. He begins to listen to her, He begins to interact with her as another human being. And you can see here, of course, the the aspect of uh, the divinity of Christ that is mixed in with the humanity of Christ. And we see that more than ever in this passage of Scripture, don't we? We sometimes err on the side of thinking that Jesus couldn't really be much of a human. I mean, He was God. And we forget about and we err on that side of failing to see that Jesus was also human. But we can also fail to see that He was also divine. That He was God. He was the Son of God in human flesh. And we see that interaction that is going on here. You see almost this aspect of surprise that Jesus has about this woman's faith. He is surprised about the power of God being able to work in her life and in her faith and the fact that God has given her faith. And you see the amazement in the words of Matthew, but also in this painting you can see that at first the disciples are like, Jesus, just do something with her. She keeps tagging along and shouting, you're going to have to address her. But when they hear her words, they are amazed at her faith. They are amazed at the power of God. 
And don't you know, back at, at home, where this girl is, and she is being tormented, and I think in the next uh, painting you can see her back at her home. Um, she is there, and there's someone uh, attending to her. You see that, that she is there, and she is healed instantly. She is no longer possessed and dogged by this demon. She has received from this power coming from Jesus. And so she is changed. All of them are changed. We must know that God's power is bigger than we think. Is it bigger than you think? Have you discovered and experienced God's power in your life? Power to heal? Maybe you have demons. Maybe you have uh, things that, that just completely take all of your, your focus and your energy. They keep you up late at night. They uh, rob you of all the joy in your life and all of the, uh, the sense of peace and serenity that you once experienced in your life. Maybe you know what that girl felt in her own life. Have you discovered that God's power is greater than your worst nightmare, your worst thought, your worst sin, your worst problem? I think Jesus wants us to experience this. He wants to hear our faith and to hear our cries to say, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. I am troubled. My daughter is troubled. My life is troubled. When was the last time you cried out like that? When was the last time that you had that kind of faith that said, I don't care what race I'm from or or what problem I've had in the past, or what your uh, religion might be, I know that you can heal me. I know that you can heal my daughter, even though she's not here with me. That's the kind of faith this woman had. It's the kind of faith we ought to have in our lives. But also that, that we would have that kind of faith for other people. It is so tempting to give up on other people, isn't it? I've had a couple of experiences in this past week where I just, I just wonder, can God really change a person? Think about it. Are some people so far beyond, so deep into their own problems and into the own hole that they're in? Can you get so far away from God that God can't change you? We feel that way at times, don't we? (laughs) I feel that way sometimes. And it's so easy for us to give up on other people. But apparently, God doesn't. God doesn't give up. God doesn't quit reaching out to us. God doesn't turn His back on us. He turns around. He interacts with us. He increases our faith. He challenges our faith. He draws us in. And God even says to us, your faith has healed you. And instantly we can walk away healed. And we can see that happen in other people's lives as well. I was watching an a interview this past week just with all of the news that's been going on about Robin Williams and, and the tragedy of, of his death. One of the uh, people that 
worked with Robin early in, in his career was the Fonz, right? Everybody loves the Fonz. Nobody knows who the Fonz is? Okay. We should get an amen. I heard y'all were doing a lot of amen in last week, but where are my amens this week? I mean, the Fonz. I'm not even going to try to imitate him. But Henry Winkler is being interviewed because Mork's first breakthrough was coming on to Happy Days as, uh, as Mork. And uh, as this alien, and so they're asking uh, Henry Winkler some questions on the Today Show about uh, about this. And um, as they're asking him, what was he like, and you know what kinds of things he did, he, he started to share some stories. And uh, they were asking about this uh, suicide and 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 just what was going on, what must have been going on in, in Robin Williams' life, and. Uh, of course, by this time, uh, his depression and some of the other things, his Parkinson's disease and other things were coming out in the press. And I think we we're all starting to understand a little bit more of what he was going through. And Henry Winkler talked about just how tragic it is that all of this love is being shown to Robin Williams. All of these great things are being said about him and his life and his art and his vocation are being celebrated in such wonderful ways. And, and everyone's heart is broken over Robin Williams no longer being with us. No longer here to uh, create and to make us laugh. And he was saying that it is such a tragedy that he could not see beyond his brain. That he had a disease and this depression was keeping him from being able to see what was just on the other side of that. That he truly was loved and he truly was appreciated and he truly was great at what he did. But he couldn't see beyond his brain. I thought about that all week. How many times can we no longer see beyond the limits that we put up or the limits that are put up around us to see that just on the other side, God is bigger than we think. God's plans are bigger than we think. God's love is bigger than we think. And that God's power is greater that we could ever imagine. As you go into this next week, may you continue to discover just how big God is. Let's pray. Lord God, we give You our praise and our thanks today for this very deep and sometimes difficult account of Jesus. We thank You that He came to identify with us in our humanity. We thank You that He came to break through the limits of our humanity to show us the power of divine love and grace. Help us to experience it in this next week. It is in His name that we pray. Amen.